0: So the text for our consideration today comes from Proverbs three verses five to eight. And the word of God says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths, make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And this is the word of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that we can trust in you, Lord, because you have said what you will do and you have done it. You've cared so much for us, Lord. You continue to care and love us, even when we don't feel it We don't see it. You are there continually loving us. Lord, I pray today that our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds are open to receive what you have for us. That we always come away from here loving you more and loving each other more. But Lord, let us know today that you do love us and we can trust you. I pray everything in the saving holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hear this poem. Out of the night that covers me Black as the pit from pole to pole I thank whatever gods may be For my unconquerable soul In the fell clutch of circumstance I have not winched nor cried aloud Under the bludgeonings of chance My head is bloody but unbowed Beyond this place of wrath and tears Looms the horror of the shade And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. This is a poem, of Invictus, by William Ernest Henley. The poem sounds good, using various imagery to show someone facing a battle, a challenge, and prevailing. Fighting and winning on their own strength. The poem ends I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. But is the writer of this poem really the master of his fate? Is this writer the captain of his soul? Are you the master of your own fate? Are you the captain of your soul? I find that many people in this world have this desire, this need to be in control, be in control of their own life. This is especially true of those who've grown up in situations where they've never had control, where they've been taken out of homes, never having a stable life. They feel this need for control. And they want to control others. They have this fear because their life was so unstable. What will happen the next day? What will happen the next minute? So they want to control something. They fear the next step. They want to steer their own ship. And this is true for many of us in here, fearing the next step, not knowing what your future holds. Fear of even thinking you know what comes next, and you don't want that to happen. What will tomorrow bring? Where will your life end up? Will you finally catch that break? What will happen to you in 2024? What will happen to you in the next minute? This is especially true when most of your life hasn't gone the way you wanted it to. Maybe you thought you would be somewhere by this time in your life and you're not there. Maybe you thought you did everything you were told to do to be successful yet you haven't felt that success yet. Maybe you thought you you did everything you were told to do to stay healthy, yet your health deteriorated. Maybe you thought you did all that you were told to do to find a spouse, yet you remain single. Maybe you thought you did all you can do to pass a class, yet you have to repeat that class. Your past negative experiences are influencing your thoughts and causing fear. All that you can see is loss. All that you can see is hurt. All that you can see is failure. So you're looking internally at how you feel. You're leaning on what you think you know. You only understand what you have seen. Our passage today comes from the book of Proverbs. This book falls into the category of wisdom literature. This proverb, as many other proverbs, were written by Solomon. Solomon is the son of David. He took the throne after his father died. He's actually the second child that he had with Bathsheba, who David originally unlawfully took and married her. In 1 Kings 3, after Solomon became king, God visited him in a dream and told Solomon he would give him whatever he requested. And Solomon asked for a discerning heart to govern the people, to distinguish between right and wrong. And God was very pleased with his request and granted Solomon wisdom and gave him so much more. Solomon is known to have penned many proverbs, including, again, this proverb. A proverb is a short saying expressing a biblical truth. These are wise sayings offering applicable wisdom for our lives. Solomon, blessed with wisdom, was used by God to share this wisdom. The passage we're looking at today has been quoted several times. I'm sure you've heard it before. I'm sure some of you have this memorized. If you haven't heard it before, you're going to hear it a lot today. It's a great passage to have in your heart. This morning we will walk through this text and see that we need to trust the Lord. This is not news to you. You know you need to trust the Lord. You need to trust God. As we walk through this passage, I pray that you know you can trust the Lord. I pray that you know He is worthy of all our trust. I pray that you know, if you are in Christ, you are in the Lord's hands. You're in his hands. He has placed you on his path. I also pray that you stop relying on your own feelings. Stop relying on what you think you see. Stop relying on these thoughts that pop into your head and understand everything that is happening to you and in the world It's because God loves you, and he called you for his purpose. If you're not a Christian, I pray by the end of today, you are a Christian. Not only for your salvation, but for everything in your life. Jesus isn't just for your salvation. Jesus is everything. So let's begin. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. This proverb here starts out with a command. This verb is trust. It's an imperative. The word of wisdom commands its reader to trust in the Lord. Trust in Yahweh. Trust in the one who has delivered his people already from Egypt. Trust in the one who has delivered his people, the Israelites from the Philistines, by a young man with just a sling and a stone. Trust in the one who had the walls of Jericho fall. Trust in the one who is continually with his people. Not only are we told to trust in the Lord, but to do so with all of our heart. And here for the Hebrew reader, the heart isn't just an organ inside your body. The heart isn't just as it is in Disney stories to just follow your heart. No, this is your whole being. It's encompassing your mind and your soul. You are to trust in the Lord with everything you have. Not only that, but you are to not lean on yourself. You're not to support yourself. You're not to rely on what you understand with your own wisdom or the wisdom of the world. Why am I sick? I don't understand. Why did I lose my job? I don't understand. Why can't I do what I used to do? I don't understand. Why have I lost so much in my life? I don't understand. And we here at this church believe God is sovereign. He is in control. He is in charge. We believe he declares the beginning from the end. But often we still look for answers in ourselves and outside of what God has said. Why is this so hard? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How do we do this? If we were to take a broomstick, maybe you've tried this before, you take a broomstick or a baseball bat and you try to balance it on your hand. If you look at your hand while you're balancing it, What's going to happen? It's going to fall over. You're not going to be able to balance that stick. What do you have to do? Place it in your hand and you look to the top of it. You look up. You look up for that balance. We can't spend all day looking at our own hands. We have to look somewhere else. Where do we look? The psalmist tells us I lift my eyes up to the hills. Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heavens and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil and will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord, Yahweh, the great I Am, will keep you. He is your keeper you can trust in him with all of your heart because you are in his hands. You are in the sovereign God of the universe's hands. you, You fear the future for your life. You fear for the future of your loved ones. You may be a bit nervous of what the future of this church holds. The man who has been in this pulpit faithfully preaching the word for decades is being faced with a great challenge and trial. But that man knows the Lord. He knows the Lord. He knows he's in the Lord's hands. You are in his hands. Tina, you are in the Lord's hands. Though God may slay us, we will hope in the Lord. Is it okay to ask why is this happening? Yes. Ask God. Draw closer to God in these moments of trial. Draw close to him. He uses these to draw us closer to himself. But when you look at past experience, don't just look at the bad things that have happened to you. Look how far God has brought you. Look where you are now. Look at the blessings. When the men of Israel went out against the Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter 7, they defeated them. And Samuel said in verse 12, Then Samuel took the stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. Look how far the Lord has come, has brought us. That's why the hymn writer of Come Thou Fount has this lyric, Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by thy great help I've come. The Lord has blessed you. In the trial, in the darkness, in the pain, in the illness, the Lord has blessed you. You are in his hands. You can trust him. Raise your Ebenezer. For God has brought you this far. This is how you can trust in him with all of your heart. He has brought you this far. He has brought you to the river of life. And I'm not talking about this church. You have come to the river that gives true life. You've come to Christ. Look how far he has brought you. Your sins are forgiven. You are in the hands of a holy, righteous God. You are in that double grip of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father. Both hands have you. You are in good hands. But you say there are still trials. You are still struggling. You have not seen deliverance. You don't know what way to go. Verse 6, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Here the writer gives us the way to trust in the Lord. Yes, look how far he has brought you. Acknowledge him. This can also be translated, know him. Know God. Look into his word. We have his word. God doesn't stay silent. He speaks to us. He gives us 66 books. He speaks to us there. We know him. We know what he's done. We know what He has promised. We know what he has accomplished, what he will do. We can give him all the glory. We can pray to him. We can trust him. There's these verses that Paul writes in Philippians 4. It's very similar to this passage. I exhorted this a couple months ago. But I'm going to read it again because I want to hear from God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. Know the Lord. In everything you do, know the Lord. When we seek him in his word, in prayer, in counsel with other godly men and women, we know him. Ultimately, when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, we will be directed on the path of peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Again, we have the peace of God because we have peace with God. You can trust him with all your heart. You can know he loves you because he said he will do things and he has done them. He has sent his son to live, die, and rise for you. What more can we have? In all your ways, he has set your path straight because you are in Christ. And the writer goes on to add more wisdom to these thoughts. Don't lean on your own understanding. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away. From evil, It would seem it always comes down to this, again, as I spoke of last week, did God actually say? When you are wise in your own eyes, not seeking the counsel of God, that's when the struggle becomes even worse and we suffer more. Your way will be lost. You won't be on the straight path. When you try to master your own fate, when you try to be the captain of your own soul, you will run that ship aground. It will go nowhere. It will sink. When you are wise in your own eyes, it will lead to sin. In the days of Judges, in the book of Judges, it is often written, there was no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They did what they wanted to do. There was chaos, no order. Really, the absence of of a king was the absence of the king of kings, because they rejected God. They had his commands, yet they rejected what God had given them to live a blessed life. Here, God is reminding us through Solomon not to do this. Don't do what you think is right. Do what you know is right. Do what God has said. This is why he follows it up with the command to fear the Lord. Why should we be afraid of God? Why should we fear the Lord? Well, unbeliever, if you're here and you haven't believed, you should fear the Lord. You should be afraid of his righteous wrath but you don't have to be. You can come to the Lord today and you can fear him with a reverence, with his honorable fear to know who he is and his holiness. Fear the Lord. In Proverbs 9.10, the writer states, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Christian, you know who God is. You know who God is. You don't have to fear him in the sense of being afraid. His perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and you will not be punished. If you're a Christian, your punishment has been taken on the cross by Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear. This doesn't mean that God won't discipline you. He disciplines those whom he loves. And discipline might not feel pleasant at the time, but it's because he loves you because he is a loving father who knows how to lovingly discipline his children. But when you fear him, And knowing who he is, in honor and respect, you will desire to obey him and turn from evil. It is evil to trust in yourself. It is evil to go your own way. It is evil to think that you are the master of your own fate. It is evil to be the captain of your own ship. This will lead you in the ways of sin. But the fear of the Lord, trusting in the Lord, acknowledging the Lord, knowing the Lord, will make your path straight. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. You are in good hands. The Lord, we sang this already. I love singing that song. The Lord is your shepherd. He is steering his flock. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you besides still waters. He restores your soul. I had a professor once tell me about a member of his congregation who was an airline pilot. If there's, if there's airline pilots here, you can correct this illustration if if I'm wrong, but when you're an airline pilot, you can get two ratings. First, you get your non-instrument rating, so you can fly the plane without relying on the instruments, and then the rating above that would be an instrument rating. So you can fly the the plane using the instruments instead of just what you've seen, right? So there's ways that the, the instrument rating is beneficial. It increases safety, pilots with an instrument rating are trained to fly in low visibility conditions such as clouds and fog using the instruments as a reference to navigate the training helps pilots to avoid spatial disorientation and other hazards that can arise from flying in poor visibility conditions it also improves decision making instrument training helps the pilot to be more solid and confident in decisions in the air as well as before even taking off The pilot's added experience and study of resource management also helps them to manage fast-incoming information efficiently and safely. Pilots that are trained in the instruments know how to use the instruments. So if they're flying through a storm and they can't see, visibility is bad, they can rely on their instruments. They trust their instruments. They know how to use their instruments. Christian, when your life is cloudy, we have God. We rely on God. Not what we see when the storms of life come. We rely on God. He, we know him. He is our guidance. When challenges are placed in your way, you are instrument rated. You are God rated. He will guide you. When the world, the flesh, and the devil attack you, you need to be prepared. You need to be instrument rated. You need to know God and his word. A wise man once said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil, look to his word. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you do, but we'll get you one before you leave. You need to be in the word. If you have a smartphone, you have multiple Bibles, download an app, be in his word, know him, study him. Study him to know him, not to know theology. Theology is good. I love theology. We should know theology, but study the word to know God so you can know who you are to trust him and not lean on your own understanding. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who need not be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And you can trust the word because you know the God of the word. Again, I say, look how far he has brought you. And what will be the result of fearing the Lord and turning from evil? Verse 8. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The King James translate this, it will be health to your navel and marrow to thy bones. Here, maybe navel is more accurate to the translation because this word is used a few other places in the Old Testament. But the Septuagint, the Greek translation, does say body. Either way, the translator is getting this connection the healing to your whole body. Your whole self will be healed. We live in a world where people have stress, anxiety, worry. This will cause our body to have physical ailments when you have stress, worry. God designed us to trust in him. And when we do, this may take away some of the physical ailments. There is a healthy fear of the Lord, turning from evil that will bring great health to your body and your soul. Is this the cure for every disease, handicap, illness, broken bone right now? Will being obedient to the Lord bring perfect health right now? In a way, yes. You have healing for every ailment right now. You have been cleansed from belly button to bones right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But you suffer now. You're a Christian and you still feel physical exhaustion. You feel physical pain. You have days where you can't even get out of bed. Where's this total healing? This is why we don't give up hope. You keep fighting the good fight. You continue to run the race. You continue to feel the Lord and ask him to keep you from evil. Though you suffer here a little while, you know the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our physical ailments, our suffering, may not be as the apostles and the martyrs suffered, but we still suffer here for the sake of Christ. Suffering of the saints, of various diseases, is still suffering in faith, and we keep the faith because, again, we are in good hands we are in God's hands. In the gospel accounts, we read of men bringing their paralytic friend to see Jesus. Their friend has been suffering and he can't walk. The crowd is in the house surrounding Jesus and they can't get in. So what do they do? They climb up onto the roof and they start removing shingles and they lower their friend in. They heard of the miracles Jesus was doing. So they believe that this man can heal their friend. When Jesus sees them, he says to the man, Son, Son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus does this, they start to think, who can forgive sins but God? He's blaspheming. So Jesus says, Would it be easier for me to say, Rise and pick up your bed and go home? And that's what he does. Rise, pick up your bed and go home. Jesus healed the paralytic friend. He arose and did as Jesus said, but that wasn't the biggest miracle. Jesus, truly God, forgave the sinner. That is the true healing that took place in that house. That is the true healing that takes place in every single one of us as a Christian. Our sins have been forgiven. Because that man who was healed eventually would die from this earth and go and be with the Lord. Because that is what will happen. But his sins were forgiven. This brings true healing to your body. Again, from your belly button to your bones. True healing begins with forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness comes by faith. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of Christ. This is all of grace. Be not wise in your own eyes. Your eyes have been wrong in so many things in your life. In Jesus' day, their eyes were wrong, because they were looking for a different Savior. They saw Jesus. But Isaiah said, He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Again, many trusted in their own eyes. They didn't come to Christ. But many did trust. And many of you have trusted. And your wounds are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. Let me ask you, going into 2024, going into tomorrow, going into the next minute, going into what you see as unknown, are you going to lean on your own understanding? Are you going to be wise in your own eyes? Are you going to trust in yourself to be the master of your soul? Are you going to trust yourself to be the captain of your ship? Or will you put your trust with all of your heart in the Lord? In everything that you are, are you going to trust in the Lord? Is the God who made the world and everything in it, the God who you sinned against, the God who redeemed you by sending his son to live, die, and rise for you. Will you trust in this God? Will you trust in him for everything? Christian, you have already trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and he says to you, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. That's the most important thing to remember. Your faith has made you well. You are whole right now. You feel broken. You've been beaten down, everything. But your faith has made you well. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to have times of trouble on this earth. Your faith has made you well. He says, this is what Jesus says. If you're a Christian, he says, he says, Tom, John, Robin, Karen, Jim, Terry, Gloria, Minda, Rob, Tina, Bill, everyone here. I would name you all, but we'll be here forever. He says to you, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has made you well. It might not feel good. It might not look good. But everything that he is doing for you is for your good. And for his glory. God says to you today, right here and now. If you're a Christian, God is saying, I love you. you, I love you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Christian, your path is made straight by the living and true God. And I'll say it again. Who loves you? He loves you. He loves me. Sometimes I don't even love me. But God loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You can turn from evil. God lives in you. Hear these lyrics from the Keith and Kristen Getty song that come to my mind when I was putting this together. When I fear my faith will fail. Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. At those times when it's hardest to trust. At those times when you are tempted to lean on your own understanding. At those times when evil looks good. Christians, Jesus Christ is holding on to you. He's holding on to you. You're in his hands. You are in good hands. I will end with this illustration here. A while ago I heard this story and it stuck with me. It's about Charles Blondin. I don't know if you ever heard of Charles Blondin. He was born Jean-Francois Gravelet. He was a French tightrope walker. He lived in the mid-1800s. He was always challenging himself with more adventurous, dangerous things to do. Once he visited Niagara Falls, and he thought to himself, I'm going to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. So he goes to the officials, who he can get permission from, says, guys, I'm going to walk across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And they're like, no, that's way too dangerous. You're going to kill yourself. So he went back to France. And then the economy in Niagara, that area, started to tank. So they're like, let's call that guy up that was going to walk across the tightrope. That'll bring people here. So they call up Charles Blondin, get him to come over, and he sets up the tightrope across Niagara. And this guy apparently was amazing. So he'd cross over the rope, back to the other side like normal, and then he'd add a little something to it. He'd stop in the middle of the rope, then he'd lower his own rope down to a boat that was below, and they would tie a bottle of wine onto the rope. He'd pull it back up, and he'd drink the wine while he's on the rope. One time, they say he even fried an egg when he was out there and had breakfast on the middle of the rope. But there's one stunt that he did. He would take a wheelbarrow and fill it up with rocks, and he'd go across the rope, to the Canadian side, and then back to the American side. And it was great. Everybody loved it. They're like, oh, you're great. So he goes over to the crowd, and he takes this wheelbarrow, dumps all the rocks out, and he says to them, how many people here think I can fill this back up with the rocks and go over again and come back? And they're like, yeah, you can do it. You're the best. We just saw you do it. He's like, okay. <laughs> how many of you think I could put a man in the wheelbarrow go over, and come back. They're all like, yeah, we, of course you can do it. You're, you're Charles Blondin. You're the great Charles Blondin. You can do it. So then he says to the crowd, who here wants to be the man and get in? <laughs> suddenly that excited crowd, well, I'm not taking volunteers. Anymore, but suddenly that excited crowd was hushed. They're like, no, I'm not, not going to get in that, that barrel. He's like, but you guys just said you believe that I can go across this rope one more time with somebody in the barrel and come back. Who would like to volunteer? Still, nobody came forward. So after a little bit of silence, suddenly this little old lady comes forward. And she's like, I'll get in. So this lady gets in. He goes across and brings her back. Turns out that lady was his mother. So not only did she know what he was capable of because she saw it, but she knew him. She knew him. That's, his, that's her son. She's not, he's not going to hurt her. She trusted in the person that she knew. That's how we need to be with God. Amen. That's how we need to be. We need to get in his wheelbarrow yes. because he loves us. We know him. We know him. But check this out. He knows you. Yes. He knows you. And that's more important sometimes than us knowing him. Because he will never leave us or forsake us. He holds us fast, like the song says. He puts us in that barrel. And we're going across, and we're scared, we're shaken, but we're in that barrel. And he's not going to drop us. We're not going to fall into the Niagara. He has us. He has you, Christian. If you are a Christian, he has you. But that is, of course, if you have turned to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So I will ask you again, have you turned to Christ? Have your sins been forgiven? Have you turned to him? Don't leave here today until you know you're saved. Maybe you're struggling with that. Don't leave here today. We're going to have a great meal. We're going to celebrate Bill. But we would love to talk to you if you haven't put your faith in Christ or you're still on the fence, you're still struggling. Don't leave here today until you know. Because he will hold you fast. You can trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and right now. Let's hear this passage one more time in its entirety. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Christian, I remind you once again, you're in good hands. That's not just a catchy slogan for all state. You are in good hands. You are in God's hands and he will never let you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us light in this dark world. Not only sending your son who is the light of the world here, but you give us your word. We can continually come to you. We come to you in prayer. We can hear from you in your word. We can trust you because you are God and you have done it and you will do it. And you care for your children. More than any of us here can care for our earthly children. You care for your children. Lord, let us just continually know that. Continually seek your face. Seek your righteousness. Thank you. Thank you thank you. I pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.